Hi, this is Star Wars author Delilah S. Dawson, and you're listening to Clashing Sabers Network. Here we go again. Bypass the compressor. You were the chosen one! Something truly special. Congratulations. You are being rescued. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. The ability to speak might not make you intelligent, but we're going to try to prove otherwise. This is the Clashing Sabers podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon, and I'm here with my good friends, Drew and Lindsay. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be talking about the Clone Wars. But before we get into that topic, I just wanted to just send a little message out to everybody. I know that we are all uh, a little scared, a little worried at this time with the coronavirus and everything that's going on and the uncertainty around that. So just know that uh, we are, are feeling the same things too and you are not alone. And hopefully Star Wars and this podcast and our content and our community can be something that uh, at least helps take your mind off of it for a little while and hopefully brings a smile to your face. But like I said, we have a lot to talk about today. So I haven't even let Drew and Lindsay say hi. And I'm going to ask Drew, what are you Star Warsing lately? Well, before they uh, closed all the libraries in the area, which they have now done, um, I went and took the kids through and we all kind of got different books and whatnot and tried to stock up on things as um, we knew we were going to be inside for a bit. So I grabbed a couple of the Marvel trade paperback comic books. I figured I've tried this before. I'll try it again and see if I can enjoy a Star Wars comic. So I've got four different books. Two of them are the, what I guess they're called Epic Collections. Um, you guys can stop me when you've heard of these before. Uh, let's see. I've got two of those. They're both from the New Republic volumes one and two. They're all legends stories at this point, but it's, it's so it's characters at least I'm, I'm more familiar with. But I, I don't know. Maybe comics is just not a medium made for me. Uh, I, I just have a hard time getting into these. I also got the two Kanan paperbacks, so I'm hoping those are going to be more exciting, honestly. I think the the Kanan comic will be one that you connect with a little bit more just because you, you've already got an attachment to that character on top of it just being extremely uh, well-written. Yeah. I mean, I suppose, I suppose so. Like, I, I just struggle with, like, the... Uh, whatever the opposite of density is like there just doesn't seem to be a lot to really grab onto in these stories they're told in such short small bites that i don't feel like we're getting the kind of depth and detail that these kind of stories really could aspire to like the, i got the two new republic ones because one of them features kind of mara jade's story and the other one it kicks off the rogue squadron stories and i really enjoyed the rogue squadron book series so I figured these are guys I would know, and maybe it's even stories we've heard before, but it's just kind of like, I don't know, it, it feels very, not even Saturday morning cartoonish, but like newspaper comic strippy to me. Uh, I don't know, did you, Lindsay, did you ever, you, you're kind of like the more comic nerd than the rest of us though, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I read a lot of them. Once I start reading a series, I do see it through to the end, sometimes more regrettably than others, because I totally <laughs> understand what you mean, where it, it has that Sunday comic kind of feel, just because, in my opinion, in every single series, even the best ones, there's a lot of filler. 
And instead of just, you know, here's the story, here's how we're going to tell it. It's, we have 22 pages. We have to fill 22 pages. Well, I, I feel like that's kind of the problem is that the stories just don't feel consequential at all. Like, you, if you miss a page or two or even an issue or two or even the whole thing, it doesn't really affect any kind of anything else going on in the universe at the time. Is So the inter, there's it's kind of lacks the interconnectivity that the novels have done a, a much better job with this time around, I think. I think they're getting better at it. Are you they? Know, I, I do. You know, Dr. Afra, for as much as I love her, as much as she's connected with the fans, that I can see your point. You know, it doesn't affect a lot of the other things going on, even when she meets Hera, even when she goes through the temples on Yavin. She does all of this cool stuff, but it doesn't seem consequential to the rest of the universe. But more recently, with um, even the current Darth Vader run that's going on right now, that's going to tie more into E.K. Johnston's novel coming out. Oh, um, obviously, yeah, uh, Charles Soule Vader run, that played so deeply into Vader Immortal. And in my opinion, a little bit of The Rise of Skywalker in the sequel trilogy. So in the very beginning, they seemed very inconsequential and just a little bit more character depth being added, but not too much. But I am seeing the trend where the current Star Wars run is making references to what will be the High Republic. And I think that when we get the High Republic comics, that's really going to tie into a lot of those novels that we say. Yeah, I think that's going to be more interesting than some of these other ones I've, I've tried to get into. So maybe I've just picked a, a poor entry point into these things because right now I'm not seeing a whole lot of reason to that anybody would really go back to these kinds of things in, in the future. So I haven't started the Canaan ones yet. They're kind of on my list. I thought I would start something I was more familiar with to try and ease into it, but meh, it's just kind of not for me. I don't know. The other thing that stood out to me this time, and and you guys can help weigh in on it, of course, but like maybe it's a victim of the old Marvel comics, and maybe not so much anymore. But the art just seems terribly inconsistent from person to person. Um, yeah, like, yeah, no, that I, bugs me too. I can't look at some of these issues and tell who the characters characters are and it's really jarring when some of them are really good uh and then some of them are look like they've never even <laughs> they've never even watched the star wars movies you know the way they make look they make luke look try saying that five times fast it, it's just really throws you off your game because he he's drawn with these heavy lines in his face and it's like he's like 23 years old guys he's not that rugged of an individual yet he hasn't seen the whole universe yet come on it's yeah. throwing me off. Yeah, my that's name. gonna that's gonna continue to throw you. Oh. I gotta I gotta be honest. That's there's no get, getting used to it because, in my opinion, when you know, like, let's look at the the longer Star Wars main run that just just ended uh, mid last year. They would switch artists like every single arc, every single five issues, and right at the very moment where I was finally like, okay, I kind of get this a little bit more. I'm I feel more used to this. I've grown accustomed to this. It's like, bam, now we're just going to switch. Oh, man. And I think it doesn't help that, like, we all have our own personal styles of art that we like, you know? So, like, for me, the Galaxy's Edge comic, for example, uh, 
was really rough because I didn't like the, the art there. Even Allegiance I had trouble getting into because I didn't like the art. But if you look at, you know, like the Charles Soule Vader or even the Afra, you know, as much as I could care less about the storyline because, like we said, it's not really a part of the, the bigger narrative, the art is just absolutely beautiful. You know, and so I think that kind of comes into play also, whereas in, like, the novels, we kind of have a little more freedom with the art because it's, you know, the imagery in our own head. I mean, yes, I agree to a point, but at, at a certain time and a certain level of your working on these things, they have to at least resemble the characters in such a way that they don't resemble other characters. For example, one of the, the Rogue Squadron comics they go to Corellia and so it's Luke and the whole Rogue Squadron gang so it's Wedge and Tycho and Wes Jansen and other dudes but you can't tell which guy is which when you're looking at them they're not dis not only are they not distinct enough they all look like Han Solo so y you can't really tell the difference of what's going on if you don't have the appropriate context clues from page one in mind when you get to page five it looks like Luke is talking to Han, but Han is not in this adventure at all. It seems like everybody kind of funnels these characters into the, the rugged, chiseled, good-look man. And it's like, well, okay, I, maybe we all want to be that cool-looking, but we're simply not. Uh, it, it just it's I don't know if it's a quality. I'm not well enough versed in the comics world to speak with a, a, a critic eye on it. Absolutely. So, you know, don't take my opinion for anything at all. But... Maybe there's some way we can help understand and rectify these kinds of things. Maybe that's the next thing we have to investigate. But because right now I'm I'm kind of I'm losing it, man. I'm not sure why why this is still something that we would continue on. Now, having said that, Lindsay, like you had said, some of the newer ones seem to be doing a better job. I hear good things about the Kylo Ren series mm -hmm. that is coming that came out before the that film. That just wrapped out. So one issue came out before the movie and then the, the series just actually finished last Wednesday. Okay. So maybe that's worth some time. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. When I would say, you know, when it comes out, <laughs> a ringing paper, endorsement. It, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's really good. It's just not the first one that I would think to recommend. So what would be the first one you'd recommend? Like, if you're going to organize your comics in, in, qual in, in order of this is what I give people to introduce them to the world to, uh, what's that first one or two titles? So oddly enough, my first title is typically, unless they are someone who absolutely hates the prequels, but there's a mini-series for Obi-Wan and Anakin when Anakin is an apprentice. Oh, and so him and Obi-Wan, yeah, yeah, it's so good. And it's, it's inconsequential in the long run. <laughs> but the reason I recommend it to people is because it's inconsequential. It's a really good story. It has really good character development. It's interesting. The plot is really unique to Star Wars. But if you miss it, it's nothing, you know, you're not going to suddenly not understand anything else in Star Wars. But it's a really good entry point just to get used to comic books in a way. I think okay. that's something that, you know, it's it's like I remember in college we actually had to read a graphic novel. You know, we had to read Persepolis and it was the first few pages Ooh. of of, you know, how do I get into this type of storytelling? So I typically recommend the Obi-Wan and Anakin just for the sheer fact that it's good, it's engaging, 
it's lighthearted at some points and it just gets people into how do I read comic books and figure out what I like and don't like. Okay, that is helpful. And and, and I just want to go back and circle around the, the idea of whether it's consequential or not to the overall storyline. That's not a requirement for me at all, so long as the story that it's telling is worthwhile. Like, mm-hmm. if it's something that stands alone, that's perfectly fine and reasonable, and we should want those kinds of stories, I think. We don't have to have everything woven into some grand tapestry of whatever. But it does have to just make sense within both within the context of its own um, presentation, like the comic itself has to make sense, and it would be helpful if it made sense within context of the larger narration that is going on around it. So it's not helpful when every if you're fighting like giant space dragons and whatnot, if that doesn't exist in the rest of the universe. Like I don't feel like the comics world is where we should be exploring. I don't know the di- the different and new and crazy cosmic ideas. I'd rather them build on stuff that already exists. But again, maybe that's just my novice approach to things. No, I think you're onto something there. Like, there's the one thing that gets me is sometimes the comics that they, they go too weird. You know, like spoiler alert for Afra, but there's like these phantom force things that are not force ghosts, but also look exactly like force ghosts and can interact <laughs> with reality. Like, it's it's confusing as far as like, okay, where where's the line at? You know, like is everybody? Yeah, you know, because we have. We have these stories of people who, you know, like the Mandalorian, who aren't aware of the Force and think uh, of uh, the Jedi as, you know, wizards. And then we have characters like Aphra who are interacting with all these weird kind of Force things we've never seen anywhere else. And it, it makes it hard to really get a feel for exactly, like, what's the overall impression the galaxy has of the Force and of just these different aspects that I like them taking risks with it. But there does need to be more of a consistent, like, message across them, I guess. And I feel like for a long time, they were just pumping things out to get them out. Like, a lot of the um, the one-shots with, you know, the Rebellion and the Republic and the uh, First Order, you know, mm-hmm. you had the Kylo Ren's and all those. Those are pretty, like, in- inconsequential. Um, the Galaxy's Edge one, same thing. It just... They felt like, okay, we're just going to do this because we can instead of we're going to do this because we have a purpose to, which is what it feels like with the High Republic or even the rise of Kylo Ren. Because, you know, I haven't read the last four issues. I'm waiting for the uh, trade to come out. But I read the first issue, and that was that one was a game changer for me um, with, with the point of view that we get on that night that the temple's destroyed. Um, so I like my stories to have impact either in the larger narrative or in the characters' lives. And, and a lot of times it doesn't feel like, you know, these one-shots and these small little ones are, are doing that. You know, like the TIE Fighter one with yeah. Out Squadron? Just nothing of any interest to me, so. Yeah, it's almost too small to really spend any real time to understand what these people are going through. Yeah. Like, they, these stories don't, I don't feel like they have enough room to breathe, but at the same, because they're forced to do so many other things. They have to explain what's going on both visually and textually. Um, and you have to have some kind of internal dialogue, but you don't really get the opportunity to sit and dwell with those kinds of things, which I think is where we get a lot of that impact from. Like, if you're watching a movie and a character goes through something and you're given time to sit with that person as they have to process it the idea is that the audience processes it with them and so you're kind of going along that ride with the character 
you know, Arrival is a really good example of that, where you're going along with the main character and experiencing the things she's experiencing almost in real time. But you don't get that kind of thing translated into the, at least I don't understand how that translates into the comic world yet. Maybe there's a way for it to happen. I'm not saying it's impossible or that these are terrible things. I'm just saying that maybe there's a way in which it can be communicated that I haven't found out yet. I think the comics are really good. I would say better than the novels at showing more action sequences. You know, Brandon, you and I talk about it all the time, but when we are reading a book and it gets to space battles or sometimes even ground battles, it gets really hard to picture the grand scale of things. And it's so important, you know, when we look at something like aftermath with, it's, you know, okay, so here are these 12 ships, here's the exact placement of one, here's the angle that it's at. Whereas in a comic book, you can just show that in three panels. So that's where I think the comics need to spend a little bit more time in just because it can visually show us something and leave a lot more of that depth to the novels, to the TV shows. Mm, that's interesting. My go-to is always just to ask Lindsay whether the comic's worth spending my money on or not. Uh, I wait for the the trades to come out and like the big ones like the Star Wars and the Darth Vader ones I keep up with pretty regularly but like Vader uh, what was that bounty hunter one with the bounty hunters going after Vader target target Vader yeah like that one you told me no don't worry about it still haven't gotten that sounds so yeah that that does not sound interesting (laughs) at all no 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 so and I mean again it's one of those things where it comes down to like what's your taste like I know there's some people who absolutely adore Afro and that's awesome um, so it's just kind of what you come to the stories for and I come to them for that character depth that like you were saying Drew you don't really get because you can't spend the time with them whereas some people come for the action adventure which is just not not the main thing that I come to Star Wars for so alright yeah. we, we ranted on that enough Lindsay what are you Star Warsing lately? Ooh, man well let's see the digital release of the rise of skywalker came out so i got to watch that a few days yeah, earlier than expected oh, and how good yeah is, how good is that legacy of the skywalkers documentary that is worth it that's definitely worth the watch so between that and then i Picked up and I read uh, the novel last night. Just, you know, full context, we are on extreme lockdown where I am. So I'm very fortunate that I was even able to go into a Barnes & Noble yesterday to get this. <laughs> so, oh, no. So it's going to be some some interesting what are you Star Warsing? Because something tells me I'm going to have to start recycling a lot of <laughs> these answers in about four days. Oh no! You're gonna be having like little characters drawn on popsicle sticks and make your own little scenes in the <laughs> in the living room. I'm I'm gonna be Tom Hanks in Castaway, but with Star Wars pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Just take your action figures and do some stop motion or something like that. Oh man! Oh, you got the volleyball with the bloody handprint on it, which is exactly like Finn. So you can talk to Finn all all uh, spring and summer long. You're good to go. I just made you a friend. You know what it's going to be? There's there's a scene in the show Parks and Rec where Adam Scott's character, Ben, is unemployed for like two weeks. And he shows Amy Poehler the the stop motion video he's been working on. And it's all like three seconds long. And he's like, wait. That's that's my life work. That's what I've just <laughs> spent two weeks doing. 
that's gonna be me with my three second stop motion action figure video. Get ready. Nice. With as much character I'm here as for the it. comics. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. Brandon, what about you? What are you even up to lately? Uh, a lot of Rise of Skywalker, honestly. Uh, reading, I, I got the book yesterday. I'm about 50 pages into that, so I'm uh, enjoying that so far. Uh, I've watched Rise of Skywalker a couple times, fell asleep watching it a couple oh times. My goodness. So, I mean, I'm just trying to stay busy, you know? I've been working on some stuff for work and, you know, some stuff for the website and whatnot, but. Uh, did did you end up finishing Truce at Bakura or did you bail? Oh, I bailed in the first 30 pages. Are you serious? Wow. Oh, come on. That was, that is garbage. It's really bad. It is, like, I can usually make it through, like, a bad Star Wars book because at least it's Star Wars, you know? And it feels like, all right, I'm, I'm somewhere that I know. I'm, like, at home. You know, like, Fatal Alliance, not my favorite. It felt like it should have been, like, a trilogy instead of, like, six different books in one or something like that. But I never had a bad time reading it. Truce of Bakura, I just... I, I no, I don't. I don't have. I don't have words for how bad it was. Did you at least uh, get to the Velociraptors? You... Oh, I Did got to. Least... Yeah, that was. That was okay. Yeah, the the, the singing Velociraptors. It was great. Uh, yes. The other thing is, I we've had surprise, surprise. Brandon went to Half Price Books, but they've had a couple sales over the last couple weekends. So I sto- I stocked up on uh, Legends books. So I'm getting into the. I'm finishing up the Clone Wars era. Um, I'm uh, reading Shatterpoint right now. I'm about 20 pages into that. And then I have a Dark Rendezvous with Yoda and Count Dooku. And then some post-Return of the Jedi stuff. Um, Let's see, what do I have? Children of the Jedi. Oh, no. Wave off, man. Wave off. (laughs) Red flags. Red flags. I have a couple of the Get your red flags here. Oh, it's... I mean, I'm not going to lie. If... I'm, I'm not a huge Legends fan honestly i like i like the prequel legend stuff i'm not a big post return of the jedi legends fan so we'll see how it goes it may be another truce of bakira where i'm uh you know what's you know what's a really good underrated uh post return of the jedi legends that i think you would like if you haven't read it yet what have you read tattooing ghost Ooh, Uh, that was not bad that's not bad i have not um i do have it though so it's on the docket that's a good idea yeah yeah i would i would uh put that one up towards the top of your list just because it's references to the prequel era that i think you'll like it's a lot of han and leia development you know there's fun references to thrawn but it's not a thrawn book i think i think you would actually really enjoy that one you know which one i really want to read is courtship of princess leia just because of how bad everybody <laughs> says it is like i wow. need to i need to have context wow. for that like i need to have context well, okay for how bad it is. the you the reason if you're if you're going to read that one the reason you read that is because you want to get understanding of some stuff that happens in the new jedi order when the yuz vong attack the hapen fleet plays a pretty big role in subsequent series and i think that's where it starts is in the courtship of princess leia that's the only reason you should ever, ever <laughs> want to, to read that one. Let, let's be, be clear, guys. I have I love all of those books that came out from like 91 to 2002. I love them all. They're terrible, 
but I still love them. Okay, it's 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 important to understand that we recognize they're not great, but because you've read the the Thrawn trilogy, right? Yeah. Okay, so you've read the most important ones. Have have you read any of the Rogue Squadron books? I read the first one. Um, okay. Just not my jam because again, I don't really. I can't really okay. follow the space battles, so I probably won't dig in. I won't get into those anymore. What about the Jedi Academy trilogy? That one I have. That's on the docket. So I'm trying to go in chronological okay. order as much as possible. So like, yeah, okay. I've got like yeah. six right. books, and so I'm gonna go through them in chronological. <laughs> that's that's the plan. We'll see how much that holds up. Because <laughs> I I also the, the... have to go back and visit like Queen Shadow before Queen's Peril comes out, and I wanted to go back to like most wanted and some of those other ones so so once you get through the jedi academy trilogy read i jedi that is going to be i think very important for you to read okay because number number one it tells a story from a mostly first person perspective which was kind of different at the time i think it was the first star wars book to really do that it was but the it follows only a, one is it the only one it, it might still be no uh uh what is it called heir to the jedi the luke skywalker one but those are uh, yeah, it doesn't count. <laughs> um, but I Jedi follows the story of Corrin Horn as he makes a transition from Rogue Squadron into his own Jedi training. But he kind of dips in and out of the story. But the thing is, you have to understand the Jedi Academy trilogy first because the first couple chapters of I Jedi are the same story in the Jedi Academy trilogy, but told at like lightning speed. Mm. So if you don't have those three books nailed down, you're going to read I Jedi and be like, whoa, 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 what is this XR Kuhn nonsense? That's the interesting stuff. And then you have to kind of read those th- things in tandem to understand it, but you will really like I Jedi, I believe. All right. I'm going to have to move it up, move it up the list. Uh, I, 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 I strongly support that one. <laughs> there's, I mean, I'm going to be trapped for a while, so there's lots of potential there. Um, Thank God for Amazon. So normally this is where we would go to Happy Beeps, and we do have Happy Beeps today, but Curiosity killed the cat, and uh, Drew has a game for us. So, Drew, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you and uh, pray for the best, I guess. Okay, yes. So here's the thing. Everybody likes to spend their time in quarantine in slightly different ways, so bear with me. I hope you guys like word games. Do you guys like word games? <laughs> I do. I do. Okay, I hope I still do after this. <laughs> yeah, I may change your opinion on a lot of things after the end of this. <laughs> so I got bored and was wondering what different things could anagram into. Um, and it was decided to play a little game. So I've got a couple anagrams here. And if you can unscramble them and guess the right title of the Star Wars entry. So, for example, if I give you Junior Deer Theft... You would anagram that into Return of the Jedi. See how much fun this is? <laughs> okay. I can hear Brandon's soul dropping through his feet. Well, okay. no, I'm just I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, the most efficient way to write down all this stuff, so I can actually. Have oh, I can send it to you in the chat. Let me see if I can chat it. Send it to the text to you. That would okay. Be fantastic. And we can put it. So in the show notes. let's let's do. So you can uh, buzz in by saying your name. So here's the first one. It is. Oh, I got to type properly now. This is thrilling audio. <laughs> this is what All right. So the Kirk click. became priests. Okay, wait. Question. For what? There's 
there's a an exclamation it. point at the end of this. No, ah! the, ex- the exclamation point is just uh, is just a clever commentary because on my part. You're excited. I got okay. it. Yes, I got what it. What is it? Empire Strikes Back. Very good. Yes. Okay. All right. So one one point to uh, Brandon over there. You're gonna have to keep track of your own scores here. So I'm at six, I think. So the our second one here is even heftier goths. Even heftier goths. Uh, I got it. Lindsay, come on, you got to get in there faster, Brandon. What is it? Revenge of the Sith. Very good. Oh. Very good. I'm impressed. All right, so fourteen this- to Brandon and zero. To <laughs> All right, this one gets this one might get a little bit saucy. This one is meteorite her hip. This is a little bit deeper cut. But in fairness, we just talked about something related to this one. Uh, I was going to say Phantom uh, Menace, but there's no A. No, oh. and there's no P. Yeah, there the very is. first letter. There's a lot of... Oh, there's one way at the end. You're right, you're right. <laughs> Are we sticking in movies, or is this... No, this is where it starts to get a little complicated because okay. now we're going to get into other things. But we, we oh, these are things you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meteorite her hip. Uh. Five, four, three, two, one. Heir to the Empire. Ah. Uh. Uh. <laughs> That's all right. Did you, you remember that time when we played numbers games with Mark and Mark was like, I hate everything about this. <laughs> that was a good day. All right. Here we go. Here's the number four. Cool elf. Correct. Um, this is a more recent release. Uh, Disney canon. Mm, it is quiet. Uh, it's another book. Oh, uh, Force Collector. <gasps> yes, and Lindsay gets on the board. <laughs> I'm impressed. All right, so 17 to Brandon, 1 to Lindsay. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about that right. Sure. All right. This is a really good one. I'm really glad this one works out because it's appropriate for both the book and for this. <laughs> a, a parent's predicament. Now, this is tough because the symbol that's on the cover of the book we had to put into actual letters. So if you look at it, you're not going to see it on the cover, but when it. you put all the letters together. Oh, Brandon, what is it? Master and Apprentice. You are too good at this game. <laughs> you shouldn't have given me the, the clue there. That was a big hit. No, I never that was a big hit. Oh, man. Okay, all right. We'll try and do this one here. This last one is also tricky. Mr. <laughs> Fat Eight. And, but Mr. is just M-R. It's not M-I-S-T-E-R. So if you're playing along at home, it's M-R Fat Eight. I'm not going to give you any clues on this one. Except to say that Lindsay mentioned it earlier. I need to pay attention when I speak. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because I do use it against you guys. It's so much fun. Man. um, I like have my books in front of me. I'm like looking at all of them and they don't work. I'm going to have to go run to my closet and look. Uh, No. Is it a comic book? TikTok. TikTok. Dr. F. No. No, close. Well, it's not a comic, because I don't know those very well, clearly. Uh, let me give you a hint, see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, do, 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 do. Where's my chart? Of course. Oh, I have, have a, 
I have a chart with a lot of this information for a completely unrelated reason, by the way. It has a 3.21 rating on Goodreads. That's one out of five, so it's not towards the top of the list. It's part of a trilogy. Aftermath. Aftermath. Oh, man. There were people screaming at you from home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. I just Very good. Very think. good. All right. So here's our bonus round. A chickened motive puke pot. <laughs> uh, are we still in books or? Nope. This one's a movie. Okay. Um... Phantom Menace. <laughs> Very close. I can see how you would relate puke pot to Phantom Menace. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where is Mark? <laughs> see, if you had said Attack of the Clones, I would just make fun of Brandon again. Okay. Uh, I'm trying five, to think of what's four, the not a uh, chickened motive puke pot. Not caravan of courage. What's the other Ewok? Ooh. Oh wow, close. Oh no. Uh, Three, two, one. I'm sorry, the answer was Pokemon Detective Pikachu, because that's what we've been watching <laughs> all week long. That was my next guess. Very good. Thank you guys for playing. This was a ton of fun. Tell them what they've won. They've won their very own copy of Rise of Skywalker on digital because everyone's bought it before I have. <laughs> so I think that's How, uh, final score, it, it, Brandon 75, Lindsay 2. Yeah, it sounds you know, about that's right. what I had too, yeah. Right. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. That's great. Very good. Thanks for playing. This has been Anagrams with Drew, and it'll probably happen all the time. <laughs> Oh, man. Hopefully people look at the show notes. Uh, hopefully they pull over and look at the show notes. Don't look at the show notes while you're driving, people. Actually, why are you driving? You're supposed to be at home right now. Uh, <laughs> guys, now I have my juices flowing, and I'm ready to take the reins back and go to Happy Beep so I can torment you guys. So, Poe, take it away. Happy Beep, sir, buddy. Come on. <laughs> I'm with the droid on this one. I'm with the droid on this one. Happy beats here, buddy. Come on. Happy beats. I'm with the droid on this one. Happy beats here, buddy. Come on. Happy beats. I'm with the droid Happy on this one, buddy. Come on. So we are back, and I tasked Bill with a quite difficult task today on uh, in terms of getting charts ready because I said, you know, we're talking about Clone Wars but I don't want to focus on Ahsoka at all right now because we have the Ahsoka content coming up. So we have some just overall Clone Wars charts here. There are three of them. And I have three questions. You see balance there. Um, Well done. I I try. Uh, This hosting thing isn't easy. So the first chart that we have is Total Toys by Story from 1977 to 2020. There are 14 (laughs) stories included. All 10 films, Rebels, The Legends Era Clone Wars. So that would be uh, the Tartakovsky series. And I don't really think there was anything attached to the Clone Wars books that came out. Um, And the Canon Era Clone Wars. Resistance is not on this because I don't... Well, one, I don't think it would shift things too much. But I don't know if those numbers are out quite yet with it just wrapping up. So, um, So that said, 1 through 14, where does the Canon Clone Wars fall in terms of total toys oh holy macaroni so you, it's a number wow. you don't have to you don't have to do the order you just you don't have to tell me what's before it but just one through 14 
where does Clone Wars, canon era Clone Wars rank? So again, this is a ranking of number of different t- types of toys, this right? Is, yes, this is the total toys. So action okay. figures, Legos, bobbleheads, all of those things are included. Uh, and it's from 1977 to 2020. So for context, Clone Wars came out in 2008. Oh, interesting. So That's going to be one of my questions. I'm going to say, uh, this is out of 14? Out of 14, yep. So one being the most, 14 being the least entries, is that right? Yes. Okay. I'm going to say 12. I think it's low. Okay. Lindsay? Um, I do think it's low. I'm actually going to say 13. Ooh. Right? Well. Yeah. Lindsay, you would be right if we were talking about <laughs> Legends era Clone Wars. Legends era Clone Wars is number 13. <laughs> and Drew, you would be right if, if we were if we were talking about the Ewok movies. Yeah, Ooh. we were talking about totally different. Yeah. Uh yeah, you wouldn't be right. Uh, number 12 Star <laughs> Wars Rebels. Interestingly enough, guys, this is remember this is all 10 films are included in this chart. Clone Wars number 4. What? Wow. So A New Hope leads, obviously, with uh, 1,256, then Empire with 886, and Return of the Jedi with 830. So no surprises there, really, um, because those are the three movies that we started with. But then Clone Wars has 599, whereas Revenge of the Sith has only 568. And Phantom Menace is even below that? 549. This is no bizarre. Here's, Numbers are li- lies and, and trickery. Here's the crazy thing. Number 14, Rise of Skywalker. No, I thought it would be Solo. Solo has 167. Rise of Skywalker has 135. And again, I've mentioned it on the show. There are rumors that there's another wave of toys coming for Rise of Skywalker because... Putting them out pre-movie would have been spoilers, which I imagine means Ben Solo content. So this this might shift, but I found it really interesting that the OT movies are obviously the most, but outside of that, Clone Wars has the most toys. Yeah, pretty that's really interesting. I'm not. Re- I'd like to see the. I need. I need to see the breakdown of that. The numbers behind the numbers, because that's really surprising to say. Like the 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 uh, prequel trilogy doesn't come next because, I mean. They're, Clones. The prequel trilogy. Well, I mean, I guess I have to, all kinds of different variations on them. Well, it goes. Maybe? There's the OT, Clone Wars, and then the prequel trilogy. So, the only one that's like not close to Clone Wars is, in terms of the prequel trilogy is Attack of the Clones at 470. I mean, I guess, but like, how many different versions of Darth Maul action figures were there? Because there were a ton of them. Yeah. Like Rick O'Lee got two or three different versions. Yeah. Well, I think that's why it's still so high, and I think that's why the sequel trilogy ranks even lower because they weren't doing a lot of variations. There weren't like the toys at like Taco Bell and stuff like that that they were doing during the prequel era. <laughs> I, so I think it, you, guys, you guys remember those bizarre cups from Taco Bell that had like the characters on top, and you put the straw through their head. Yes, yes. those were the best. As the '90s were bad. Oh, I love it. <laughs> 
All right, same rules <laughs> as the previous question, but this time we're going to look at characters from Clone Wars, um, and we're going to focus on Captain Rex, because Captain Rex, of course, is kind of the focus of the Bad Batch arc. I have 15 Clone Wars characters by total type of toys. So this is all of their toys for each character. Your task okay. is to figure out where Rex fits in 1 to 15 and how many total toys he had. I'm going to give you a hint. Anakin and just a generic clone trooper are tied for first with 24 toys each. So Interesting. in terms of ranking, we're going to count Anakin as number one and generic clone trooper as number two. So basically, three through 15, where do you think Captain Rex ranks? Mm. Are there more popular characters? Well, there's Ahsoka. Ahsoka, wait, I would wait, does say... Ahsoka, is, in, is Ahsoka in or out? Because Brandon, Ahsoka, you said Ahsoka specifically. Ahsoka is in. Ahsoka is in. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. That's gotta be... Three, Obi-Wan would be two, so it could be three. I would say collective battle droids, actually. That's a good point. Obi-Wan, at least. I'm going to put Rex. I think he might actually be higher than Obi-Wan. I'm going to put him at five. Okay. Yeah. Five. Hmm. How many total entries are there? There are 15 different characters on here. 15 different characters. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if I can name 15 different characters from the Clone Wars show. I mean, there are some generic ones on the chart. Uh, there's like Commando Droid, Clone Trooper, like we mentioned. Uh, Those are probably all like ones and twos way at the bottom of the list. Maybe. Grievous is probably on there. Uh, Yoda's probably on there. Mace Windu mm, is not going to be on Mace there. Windu I'm the only person on who wants that character. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, how how fun! Uh, I'm gonna there. say, Lindsay, you said five. Yeah, I'm gonna put him at five. I'm gonna say six. Go Price is Right rule, so that way I'll be right and win. All right, and how many total toys? Well, we'll, we'll do. Mm. You know what? Let's come back to that. Let's come back to that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Captain Rex ranks number three. Ah, dang it. <gasps> no way. Yes. I mean, technically number two since there's a tie between Anakin and Clone Trooper, but next up is Captain Rex. How does he have more than Ahsoka? He has a few more than Ahsoka. He has one more than Obi-Wan. I'm trying to be really careful, make sure I don't give away. Uh, and he has eight more than Battle Droid. So he has ten. No, no, no. I'm going to say eleven. Okay, Lindsay, what's 11, your number? 11 is my, my number. Uh, man, I actually kind of agree with Drew on this one. Nope, I'll can't say take 12, my number. No, go. I can't. I won't. All right, 12. All right, Lindsay wins. 20. <gasps> no <laughs> way. That means no there are 12 way. different versions of battle droids. <laughs> there are 12 battle droids, 17 Ahsoka Tanos, 19 okay. Obi-Wan Kenobis. And... Drew, as far as like the Mace Windu <laughs> and Grievous and Commando Droid, all of those are at like six or seven. So, what could they possibly do with Rex twenty times? Well, you've got he has a dark blue helmet. He has a light blue helmet. He has a battle yeah, damage exactly. helmet. You have the... he has one blaster pistol. He has two blaster pistols. <laughs> you also have the um the the bobbleheads. You know, so you have bobbleheads with different masks and, and Lego sets are included in this. So 
minifig. Uh, see, okay. Look at you changing the rules on things afterwards. I okay, never I get changed it. I get the it. rules. I said total toys. All right. Last question. Four types of toys were released for Clone Wars. Action figures, cars, bobbleheads, and Legos. Per usual, action figures and Legos are the top two, with bobbleheads and cars totaling at only 10 types of toys. Overall, if you remember from our earlier conversation, there were 599 <laughs> toys total for Clone Wars. Okay. What is the difference between the action figures at number one and the Legos at number two? So, mind you, there's 599 total. We've taken out 10 of those for bobbleheads and cars. So, you're at 589. Is that math right? I think that math is right. Uh, I'm a reading teacher. So, the difference. <laughs> Lindsay, you won. So, I'm going to let you go first. The Oof. difference between the number of action figures and the number of Legos. Um, and there's, let's say. You're playing with 589. Yeah. And there's more action figures, we're saying, right? Yes, there are more action figures. Okay. I'm going to say there are 359 more. 359 more action figures, okay. That is a lot. But is it enough? Mm, Therein lies the question. Uh, You said 359? Yeah. So I'm trying to do the math in my head. If we have 589 total units, total distinct units, you're saying there's a difference of 389 between them. I, the the numbers are so I have to I don't even know how you back that out again I'm a paralegal so numbers again not my thing I have an Excel spreadsheet for that uh, boy the difference between the two that's tough because you need to identify the two values that they actually have and then subtract lower from the greater and then that's how Lindsay gets 389 I'm gonna say it's actually less than that it's 388 that way I cover my bases and I'll be closer <laughs> wow. That was that was dirty, man. Uh, one hundred and ninety-one. Woo! So wow. There were they're much closer than we thought. Well, you guys were actually really close to the total number of action figures. There were three hundred and ninety action figures and one hundred and ninety-nine Lego sets. Whoa! Yeah, that's crazy. Wow! Yeah. So interesting. Fun times. I I find it really interesting. I guess because Funkos came out after the Clone Wars era, but that there's only seven bobbleheads. Because I'm thinking of like all the variations of Ahsoka I have, but then it's kind of like, well, which ones are, are Rebels? You know, you have the older ones for Rebels and you have the newer one, or the uh, the younger Ahsokas for Clone Wars. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, like, once these toys for Season 7, if they do a, a release for that, start coming out, especially in the Funkos, like how they kind of merge uh, those two looks of Ahsoka. So, mm. interesting, interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, well done. That was fun. Man, lots of toys, <laughs> lots and lots of toys, and lots of Clone Wars to talk about. We've got four episodes to talk about with the Bad Batch, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to dig into some Bad Batch. So, what squad are we taking in? Clone Force 99. I've heard mixed things about these guys. They have a 100% success rate. 
It's not that they win, it's how they win that worries me. So why haven't I heard of this squad? Experimental Unit Clone Force 99. The defective clones with the uh, desirable mutations. 99, eh? Huh, nice touch. They call themselves the Bad Batch. are back and as i mentioned we are talking about the bad batch arc of clone wars season seven so i want to start off just overall impressions not going into too much detail um, about specific parts or episodes but just overall as a start for kind of our re-entry into clone wars Lindsay, what you what did you think about this bad batch arc it was it was good i don't think it was really for me but Eh, I I could see how people who enjoy the Clone Wars for the actual clones warring would like it. I just prefer the, the Jedi and that warring. whole struggle. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be but the, yeah, I mean, the title of this episode. The clones warring. <laughs> no, there's there's good things to be said about it, for sure. Um and and I've been saying this really for a while, but my my fear about bringing the Clone Wars back right now was 100% realized. And that is because up until the time they made that announcement, no one ever thought it was coming back. So what did Dave Filoni do? But he showed us everything he had. He told mm -hmm. us what his plans were. He showed us the artwork that he was going to do. He showed us the new characters he was going to put in. He had some of um, the Siege of Mandalore written into the Ahsoka novel. So to me, all of the really good parts, all of the juicy parts, we already knew. So the Bad Batch, like, we we kind of knew what was going to happen. We already know these characters. We've seen versions of these characters elsewhere. So we didn't have, you know, that punch to the gut that the Mandalorian had where, oh, my God, this is also new. This, you know, I never saw this coming. Look at these surprises. It was just a re-entry into it. Um, I mean, I'm I'm still excited for what's coming up, but this whole arc, it, it just wasn't made for me. Interesting. I mean, I watched the animatronic or uh, anim animatics, is that what they're called, uh, when they first came out. Um, I think they're still they should still be available on YouTube, um, but I don't really remember a lot of those. Um, I remember a little bit about like uh, some of the characters and a couple of the shots, but in terms of like overall storyline, um, I didn't really remember too much. So for me, it was a lot easier to get into it, and I purposefully didn't go back and try to look at those again um, because I I kind of wanted to just see the story that they gave us and not really any of the focus on the changes or anything. And that might be something I do after the season's over, but I keep thinking about 
and we can get into this a little later, but the thing that just stuck out to me is how Dave Filoni has talked about how all of season seven is going to come to a culmination. Like all the episodes they chose are all important for the the finale of the series. Um, And just spoiler alert, obviously um, for Clone Wars, if you haven't watched it, but getting that moment with Echo uh, being plugged in, in a very similar way to what we see with Palpatine in Rise of Skywalker um, has me really intrigued about how somebody like Filoni, who is famous for being able to bring all these loose threads together into one solid thing, uh, is going to is going to conclude it. So it was definitely one that piqued my interest. Um, and, and it was more so the moments that got me more than the overall storyline yeah that's that's a really good point and i think i am underselling it because i mean that's that's the perfect way to put it a lot of the moments more than the storyline there were absolutely moments that hit hard for me uh one in particular you know obi-wan just drops that that line say hi to padme and i was like oh my god (laughs) like that was that was huge there were great some surprising moments but I, I think I was hoping for a little bit more impact from the story overall. But again, I can't stress this enough. I never really watched the Clone Wars for the battles, for the clones. I watched it for Anakin, for Obi-Wan, for Ahsoka. Mm. Well, and I think overall, too, uh, something that we you know should keep in mind is this is all... All these stories are coming from George, from George Lucas. You know, he was involved in all of these stories so these are not like things they brought back just because they wanted to bring clone wars back these are stories that were intended to be told before um clone wars was abruptly ended so you know george kind of he he was able to mix different types of things together in star wars so you know this is again there's certain things in clone wars that are great for the majority of people like mortis but then there's something some people who could not care less about Mortis. And same thing with the clones, you know. Um, our good friend Savannah over at uh, Dorky Diva, huge clones fan, you know. And that's what she comes for. And the the more Jedi stuff, not really. So it's interesting that, like, they are still, you know, with only 12 episodes, taking a third of their season to focus on something that overall people aren't raving about like they do with Ahsoka and, and the Jedi and stuff like that. So drew overall impressions. Where do you come down on the four episodes of the bad batch arc? I think I'm more in the Lindsay camp of they're fine. They're, they're not anything that I was overly excited about. I, I feel like a lot of things just stood out and like questions of why they're doing this. Like, why is this the way we're doing things? And I, I didn't quite understand a lot of that. Um, it's and it's just small things like, and we we kind of talked about this briefly. I think, I, mean, I don't know if we talked about it in an episode or if it was just in in chat of just the way that the episodes are structured adheres so closely to what was required of them to be on television years ago, and that's something they could have abandoned but chose not to. And I'm not sure I I really like that particular decision. Um, the the episodes are between 17 and 23 minutes long. And I don't think they really had to do that at all. I really had wished they had dug into it and 
really blown some of these stories out. Like, I'm not sure why this had to be four different episodes. The, the third episode is 17 minutes long, and that includes the opening and closing credits. So if you subs, if you subtract like the two minutes that those might take up, you're talking about 15 minutes. That's not w- enough. <laughs> that doesn't warrant enough for me to be waiting an entire week for a 15 minute spot when we have things like the Mandalorian who has the freedom to, and they range from like what, 35 minutes up to over an hour, but they use all of that time so well. And I feel like it's just so much more developed. And again, this is what we talked about earlier where things are allowed to just breathe a bit. Um, and I feel like some of these things are, they're stretching in places and they're, they're condensed in other places, and I don't understand why. Like, did we need and, – and I, Star Wars fans are notorious for finding a reason where reason was otherwise hidden from everybody else. But, like, in the episode where the Bad Batch land on the planet to rescue Echo, they actually encounter the natives who – they can't understand and they, they start translating back and forth. And really all that interaction does is give them the opportunity in the next episode to call for the flying dragon lizard monster thing to come and pick them up the and fly them away to safety. Sure. They had a name, <laughs> which uh, you wouldn't know unless you looked at the title of the episode. Which also, but they look very much like the uh, the brother's animal form in Mortis. Just, I don't know if that's going to come into play, but... Sure, that's that's probably a thing. Uh, I I just I I don't really think I'm on board with the way in which the storytelling is structured in these kinds of things. Um, I like the idea of the the rescue of the man behind enemy lines, and then the question that they introduce at the end of episode three is, "Can you trust him?" Now they introduce that by giving him a sly smile as he turns away from the gang, and then the music creeps and ominous, but then bang, credits hit. And it's barely a thread that's continued through the last episode there. Like, there's the one moment where they question, are you sure you're doing the right thing? How do we know we can trust you? But there's no seed planted in any of the characters' minds that would actually lead to them distrusting the characters. So it feels very artificial in the way in which it was built up. Whereas that could have been the whole point of, like, two episodes where, is he a spy? Did the... uh, did the separatists intend to let him go? Can they use him as a backdoor to gain more information? Like it, we have those kinds of questions that get developed and asked, but only by those of us watching the show afterwards, like well, inside the context of the thing. I don't think it's there. I think the the place where they made their mistake as far as that goes is having the bad batch be the ones that are mistrusting Echo. Uh, and having Rex and Anakin being the ones who believe in him, I think you get more tension if you flip that. And the Bad Batch, who have their desirable mutations, are the ones who are trying to convince Anakin and uh, yeah. Rex that it's a good idea to trust him, that he's ready to be out in the field. And so you have that, like, these guys have been with him for ages, you know? They they trust him. They know he's a, he's a proven commodity to them, but he's altered so severely that we don't know if he's the same person anymore because then you add to that question of you know what is the humanity of the clones uh what is the individuality of the clones where does the trust come from or even adding to that the betrayal come from with order 66 you know um so 
it wasn't the overall it was I felt like this was like a mid season like break kind of um arc, you know, not so much like a four episode uh intro into the season kind of thing. Uh but my the optimistic side of me is saying like okay, so they already had this mostly done, so Filoni probably let other people just focus on on getting this final product ready to go while he was focusing on the four Ahsoka walkabout and uh Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it, it really requires us of, of resetting some expectations. Like I think we we collectively had a misunderstanding of what we should be expecting. Um I feel like at least personally, I was probably expecting them to have aged the series with the time that had gone by. Like I feel like the highlights of the Clone Wars series originally were the ones that, like you said, Brandon, dive into the humanity issues and the questions of, you know, like there's the whole arc about whether clones are people or are they property? Like that is terribly difficult stuff to, to handle, but the way in which it did it in the show was fantastic. But what better way to ask the question about damaged goods in a person and whether or not they retain their value than, like you said, the Bad Batch who come preloaded with that kind of damage in them. They have built a name for themselves proving that just because they're different doesn't mean they're any less valuable to the Republic. They should have been the ones who bat for Echo a thousand times, whereas Rex could would have had to struggle with the question of, this is a person who has literally the same genetic code as me who should be as good as I am, but because of his experiences and because of the things that have occurred to him, is he less of a person I can trust? And that's kind of what the question should have been to me. Like, So I, I agree with everything you're saying. I would say the best right way there. they just could have changed it. <laughs> I agree. Period. And that's it's good. Show, guys. Um, it's funny because, you know, Westworld is back now, right? And one of the okay. things that it has so sorely been lacking is that in season one, you have Anthony Hopkins mm. explaining the philosophy behind it. And then, and spoiler alert for anyone who wants to watch Westworld but hasn't yet, end of season one, he dies. We get some flashbacks of him in some, you know, forms in season two where he again comes in and he, he has this gravitas behind him where he can talk about those deeper issues without it just seeming like here is us explaining everything to you. Right. And that's the benefit of Yoda, you know, in the, in the very, very, very beginning of clone wars, you have Yoda explaining, I don't see you as clones. I see you as these individual people. And it just makes sense for him to be the one to do it. Now, after all these years, we are jumping back into the action and we should be jumping into those hard to handle questions, but we don't have Yoda or a Yoda-like character to explain some of the different viewpoints in a way that doesn't stop the story. So that's, I mean, I I can't stress this enough. I just want to get back to those hard to handle questions and having characters like Yoda, like Ahsoka, who can bring them to light without it seeming like the audience is stupid. Hmm. That's a really good point. I mean, because the classic series did that quite well, where those struggles were handled by, like you said, the philosophical monks and whatnot. So it, it definitely seems to be where that conversation takes place. Now I did 
like part you know parts of these episodes were pretty good like brandon said the the moments were good even if the overall the overall story wasn't as strong as we wanted but again i really feel like maybe we need to reset our expectations whereas the audience for these shows it's it's just not us on 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 the the cast here it's like they're still intending it for the same audience that watched these you know almost 10 years ago now over 10 years ago now like i i feel like they're trying to reset that but still maintain some of the storylines that the people who watched it 10 years ago are are looking forward to so much that's a tough balance to strike i don't know how you do that and and we may not know how successful they are until we get through the remaining what eight episodes total that's it yeah there's four in the ahsoka walkabout and four in siege of mandalore and you know drew the that somebody needs to tell these guys about <laughs> so something that happens in the anime world is once a series is complete from time to time shows will go back and do an ova an original oh boy i can't remember what it stands for now i should have looked this up before but by and large it's like an hour and a half retelling or new telling of the same story or the same character so it's it's people you've already loved and they use established uh, characters and themes and and motivations and whatnot, and they tell you a different story. That's what this could have been. If you take these four episodes and you put them together, you're looking at about you're, you're less than a hundred minutes. There's no reason this couldn't have been like a made for Disney Plus movie. I don't know quite what what we're getting out of this. I'm hoping that the other ones, the next couple episodes, feel the freedom to take advantage of long form storytelling and you imagine like a 35 minute walkabout episode with ahsoka and now compare that to a 15 minute episode which one are you going to be more excited about yeah and i mean you also again going back to those philosophical things you're going to have ahsoka and anakin and uh i think even having people who are living in the underworld in the slums of coruscant um are going to raise a lot more of those questions about what what does it mean to exist in this galaxy? What does it mean when what we believe in and the organization that we're supposed to be a part of don't match up? You know, um, a lot of those more difficult moral gray areas than maybe you can do with the clones. Um, you know, because you do have you have that humanity there, but you also they're not the main focus of the movie, so they don't have that weight, you know? Um, yeah. Whereas, I think, again, it's just recalibrating our expectations. We have to go in with a better mindset of what we're looking for. Well, and, I mean, you mentioned how, you know, they're trying to do this blend of what was and what is and what could be, and that's kind of what they're doing with the art um, style because Filoni has talked about how he wanted to take advantage of where animation is at right now um and also still make it feel like the clone wars you know not make it go so that it feels like another show entirely so Lindsay, kind of you know we talked about art with the comic books where you come down on the art for this new season of clone wars to me it is good because it doesn't make me stop at all you know when when uh, resistance first came out that was a really big piece of it where people who didn't like the story were still at least praising the artwork. And when the trailer came out, everyone just kept talking about the feel of it. Does this feel different? Am I going to be able to see these characters really? This, it doesn't stop the story at all. 
It looks clean. It looks good. I have a very clear understanding of where we are and who we're with, but it's not not so drastically different where I have to stop and reintegrate myself into the story. <laughs> you know, it's 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 uh like watching a movie and people talk about typically things like the the lighting and the sound design where if you don't notice it it was good. It's working. Yeah. And in exactly. terms, yeah. And, and I think that's the same when you have a, a, you know, half a decade break from a TV show and you come back and you make these small changes to stay up to date. And all of a sudden people are hopping back in and they don't notice it. Then it worked. That's a really good point. Mm, the animation is beautiful. <laughs> it is gorgeous to look at. Well, you know, and there's talk of, you know, a Rebels sequel series uh, possibly coming out or, or some kind. There's some kind of animation project eh. underway, regardless of what it is. But could you imagine like a whole series in this style? You know, like I was talking with somebody on, on Twitter and I was like, I wouldn't mind if they went back and like remade the entire Clone Wars, you know, shot for shot with this art. Obviously, that's never going to happen. But God, could you imagine seven seasons of this art style that'd be that it'd be great to look at but yeah i don't think that's something we should have no. any hopes no for. no no not at all so I, why go ahead Drew. why do we think that why do we think that there's going to be a rebels uh the, new thing there have been rumors is there, going on and and apparently yeah but is that just like things uh have been said to certain people so i i have no idea what that means exactly <laughs> i I would guess, if anything, it was focusing around Sabine and Ezra. Yeah. And that's it. I don't think it's like Rebels Part 2. I think it would be more like uh, how Rebels was kind of a continuation of the Clone Wars, where you could watch Rebels without having to have too much of that Clone Wars background knowledge. Uh, You know, quick Wikipedia search or texting the other person you know who watches the Star Wars and be fine. I think that's kind of what we're looking at. I think... (laughs) Honestly, I think we're looking at, at going more towards the unknown regions. Um, I don't think it's a co- uh, coincidence that we have the Thrawn uh, Ascendancy trilogy, I think it's called, that's coming out. Um, that's going to happen outside of, of the galactic politics that we know. So all of that kind of can come into play, and, and maybe that's another arena. But regardless, like the art style... It's just it's it, to me it's mind blowing to especially because I've been rewatching Clone Wars and going back to like season one. Ooh, ouch! It's <laughs> like I really don't like the animation of Ahsoka in season one and two. Like it's not until mid season two when she gets her new um, outfit that that it actually looks like what we all envision Ahsoka as. Everything was just so like the lines were hard cut. It looked like they. It looked like they had cut something out of paper and somehow made it 3D. Whereas this, it yeah. feels like it feels like one of your toys has come to life. That's what it feels like. Yeah, to me. there's a lot that the first year really had to prove that it was a concept that could work, and then somewhere, right, like you said, somewhere in the middle of the second season, things change where everything seems to have stepped up. Like that's there's a point in the middle of the second season, and I'm not even sure what episode it is anymore, but it's one where Anakin's flying a ship and it comes out of light speed, but he doesn't know where he is or he comes out in the middle of a fight or right next to a spaceship and he has to duck and weave through things. And like, that was the moment I was like, Oh, this is an interesting show. This is exciting to me because for the first, like 
season and a half before that, it's just like, oh my gosh, there's more of the same nonsense over again. Okay, fine. Just barreling through it. But somewhere in season two, the show kicks off. That is for sure. I don't remember there being I mean, a change in animation in the second season, though. Like, is there really a noticeable upgrade in that? Yeah, it's pretty significant. Uh, the The heroes on both sides arc is where uh, I really started to notice. Again, when when Ahsoka gets her new costume, it's a lot. It's just a lot cleaner, you know. Mm. See, I never actually really chalked that up to animation, but more the tone of the show getting a little bit, like Drew's saying, maybe more darker it was obviously still a show aimed for kids but it was dealing with some heavier darker themes so i always felt it more in the tonal shift maybe it actually was subconsciously dealing with an animation shift and that's just how it came across to me not knowing a whole bunch about animation but i don't I don't really know what it was, but either way, I mean, if we're all sitting here saying, yeah, there was this change at this exact moment, yeah, it was 100% effective. Yeah, there's definitely something that where, where all of these different elements clicked into a higher gear. Because um, wasn't the season one the Zillow Beast? Wasn't that the season finale? Yeah, I think so. See, it was at least towards that, the end. And that's yeah. kind of like, you know, the monster of the week approach that doesn't really do much. Um, for thinking beyond the episode. But like you said, Lindsay, once you get into season two and beyond, that's when things started getting much more interesting. So I, I, I have high hopes for the next two arcs here of season seven, but I think I'm going to try and tamp down my expectations to say, okay, it's going to be 20 minute things and don't get terribly attached. Cause it's going to be over before you know it. You're not going to remember what happens next week. So watch the episode beforehand again. I just kind of got to recalibrate a little bit here. I think the one thing we're really safe having high expectations for throughout this whole thing is going to be the retelling of Order 66. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh guys. Bad Batch, Order 66. Are they going to be... Are they going to be... Uh, Affected? Effective? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I would I'm... I would think yes. But this this goes back to the earlier point though where at least for me, I feel comfortable saying that I'm not so much interested in these overall arcs, but these smaller moments. Brandon, that was the perfect way to phrase it. I'm not necessarily interested in the bad batch overall, but yeah, I'd be interested to see that exact moment in order 66 and what they're up to and how it, how it, if at all affected them and the people around them. Execute order 66. Execute order 66. Yes, my lord. It will be done, my lord. It will be done, my lord. Execute order 66. Let's take, let's riff off of the top bottom idea and we talked about like just moments are really what stood out to us here let's let's go through kind of our favorite and least favorite or, or most problematic moment in this arc Lindsay. i'm gonna throw that one to you first all right my least favorite moment ah oh, yeah can instead of doing moment can i just do overall thing yeah sure. yeah we can do that that's no i'm sorry that's outside the rules <laughs> 
Uh, no, like I tell the kids at school, I make up the rules as I go along, so. <laughs> All right, um, I'll lawyer the rules then. I'll make, I'll go. bend them to my way. Um, I, I have to be totally honest in looking at the individual characters in the Bad Batch. They were just a little too over the top and cartoonish for me. You know, I didn't need after every single sentence that, yeah, it, it was just, it felt too catering to little kids for me. And I get it. It's a kid show. Star Wars is for kids. But this was just SpongeBob-esque at points. Ooh, a bridge too far. <laughs> no, That's I'm, funny. I'm kind of with you there. More particularly with Wrecker. I don't think it was everybody who was over the top. I think it was... It's, Specifically, him. Hmm. I thought he was fun. No, he's fun, absolutely. What's, but what? What's the term that they use to describe them? Like they're genetically genetically mutated. Uh, it is um, desirable Brand- mutations. Okay. There we go. I hate the way they use that description. Like you're telling me, intelligence is a mutation in these guys. You're telling me strength. And accuracy are mutations, like desirable mutations. I just felt like it was very almost condescending to say like, oh, these people are freaks. Look how freakish they are. They're all smart with their books and their glasses. And this one's all dumb because he's big and strong. It's like, I feel like we're falling into some really questionable stereotypes here that I thought we had kind of gotten past. But I think that's part of the point. Like the regs are who clones are supposed to be. But then you have these other people who are different, who are other, and they're useful. They're they're helpful. And that's kind of like a message that exists in Star Wars. You know, look at the yeah, Ewoks. You know, but they're, again, they're, the, their difference the difference is that one of them is smart. That's not a mute that's not like a mutation. That's a thing that people can learn. That's that's not an inherent character trait by which should sh- should actually does set anybody apart. Because they're smart? Because they're big and strong? Like and also, how does these things like how does a mutation lead to somebody like that? Like it doesn't make good uh, like a genetic mutation doesn't lead to somebody being smart or being somebody being big and strong like that or have high accuracy or end up looking like Rambo. But I think there (laughs) is like kind of a, a, an unspoken thing that the cloners are doing about trying to manipulate the genetics because you know, there, this is group is called clone clone commandos 99 or clone batch 99 or whatever named after 99 from uh, season two of clone wars, who was the, kind of shriveled old looking Uh, so not a connection i made yeah no that's i mean it's it's that's straight up where it comes from um i believe felonius at least said that once so my kind of understanding of it was the there are these clones that they are trying to manipulate the genetics in different ways and when something effective happens they send them out and when something doesn't they stay behind and and they're the 99s of the galaxy and this idea of trying to manipulate the genetics to create a certain type of person is i mean 
it's kind of a vibe I got, like, no, no spoilers here, but kind of a vibe I got when they were talking about Palpatine in the beginning of the Rise of Skywalker novel, which I want to come back to that idea just a little bit later. But, Lindsay, that was your, your least favorite thing. What was your favorite thing about this arc? Um, man, try not to make a joke about this because it's serious. Mm, but oh, no, the I'm ending. definitely doing it. <laughs> no, I would I would say the end of it. Um it it I guess going back to kind of what I was saying with the comic books where a lot of it feels like filler, but then you have some really nice moments. I think that a lot of this arc felt like filler and then at the end it was it was so bittersweet and quite honestly a little bit shocking to me that I was okay with most of it. I really, I really did like the ending. It had that emotional impact. It had that nice moment for me. So I would say that's that's my top. Are you you're talking about specifically when Echo chooses to join um, the Bad Batch team? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we can get a spoiler as we want. I'm assuming if someone's uh, made it this far, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if, yeah. if you're listening this far yeah. and you haven't watched it, you uh, deserve that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that. That kind of did surprise me, and it made sense to me why he felt like it was something he could do. I really liked the way Rex handled it with him, how open his team was. So for me, it it tied it back more to the, the original show than any other moment in the arc had. Hmm. I mean, I, it was one of those moments where, like, once I saw it, I'm like, how did I not see that coming? But, uh... Yeah, I, I mean, I liked it a lot. And I, again, I'm thinking about everything being connected and how are they going to bring this back for Siege of Mandalore, you know? Uh, what role is Echo going to play in that, if any, is is kind of a question that I'm see, pondering. I, I think what you're going to see is the Bad Batch come back for the Siege of Mandalore, and I don't know that... I think it's not going to be that Echo plays a, a particularly unique role. I think it's just that the character is going to come back. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning to. Um, and, and maybe they're... Again, I'm I'm going to be I, I would be really interested to see whether it happens in the show or or they do a spin-off comic or something like that what what happens with people like um or or clones like the bad batch when it comes to to order 66 how do their modifications if you will affect that. So all right, Drew, I want to swing it back around you and uh what's what was your least favorite and most favoritest thing? Uh well, I, I just I didn't like the nomenclature they're using to describe genetic modifications. I didn't think that was terribly cool. But maybe, Brandon, maybe you might almost be right about how it's supposed to be addressed within the context of the arc itself. Um, the moment that I liked probably the most, and it's it's a small one, but I've seen people mention it before, so I'm going to go ahead and, and include it as well. But the moments when they're trying to escape from the... I guess it's not really a citadel. It's it's more just where whatever tower echo is imprisoned in much like rapunzel um and they're they're shooting all the droids down there whatever's happening it doesn't really matter but at a certain point wrecker is disappointed because deadshot or whatever the clone version of deadshot is got more kills than he did and he's all sad and despondent and, and rex i don't know if it's rex or the leader what are their guys' names can we just what are their four names i don't even know there's uh, wrecker and Ted the other wrecker, three <laughs> hunter and uh man rambo no, Rambo is Hunter. Rambo Why do I hunter? feel like it was something with the W? Crosshair. 
crosshair. Crosshair. crosshair. You sure? Okay. No, I'm not. Yeah. But we're, well, that's where we're going with. No, just, it's crosshair. Yeah. Just say it with the confidence; moment, they'll believe you. The moment when Rambo <laughs> says, "Don't worry, you'll get it. You'll catch up to him next time," and then uh, Deadshot says, "No, you won't." I mean, that was cute. I liked that little moment of, of. Uh, subversion there of like no nah, you're always going to be second place i kind of thought that was a cute moment between those characters it, ha- it, it had uh, it had rings of uh legolas and gimli from the two towers where they keep trying to keep score yeah sure that's what i was gonna say uh-huh. it brandon are wait a minute wait a minute time out i can't tell if you're joking or if you've never read lord of the rings so anyways um you are a terrible person and should be embarrassed. I would like to move on. You just said to your nope. reading teacher, you're you're in That's... charge of the future Elementary of our reading. Okay, this is not yes. high school. Yes, it, the Lord of the Rings. You should you could be reading Lord of the Rings in middle school, Brandon. You've got some smart kids, do you not? I'm sorry. You want to read the courtship of Princess Leia, but you don't want to read Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't want to. I never said I didn't want to. Okay. No, no, no. We have to unpack this. We are not done. Have you seen the movies? So my Brandon J. Boylan, <laughs> most favorite moment. Um. Okay, okay. I need a moment of my own. Woo. Go, talk amongst yourselves. Okay. I think my my least favorite moment was... Oh, this is hard. It really bugs me when they jump onto the Karadax. Uh, just, like, logistically. I, this is, like, so nitpicky. <laughs> like... That's the idea. How do you aim that well, and how do you how do you get to control them with just the call? Like I get them coming to you, but like you jumping, and then Echo has like n- no muscles left. So how is he like jumping off so accurately on yeah. this thing? That bugged me, and it's bugged me on my, on my rewatches. Which, by the way, I do think Drew to your earlier point about how these are very short once once i watched all four of them in a row i think they work a lot better than watching okay. them week to week and that's probably what i need to go and do next then is watch all four of them back to back to yeah back to back. that's what i did okay i'll do that last friday because we that was the first day that we were out of school and so i had the time to watch all of them leading up to watching the fourth one so um and then my favorite moment it's hard not to say the whole Anakin, Padme, Obi-Wan thing. Um, But that feels too easy. I really, I liked when Echo in the first or second episode, when he fell out of the chamber and he was held by all the cords. Because I just remember, I immediately texted Uh, Lindsay. I'm like, are we thinking Palpatine stuff here? Um, Because it was very like, oh my God, he's, he's already pulling the strings on how to keep a clone body alive with whatever dark science that they're doing there so again a a big part of my Mm. fandom is just kind of like like i really enjoy trying to like fill in those holes um and and those gaps and stuff um and try to explain almost explain away why things work it's just fun for me as a thought experiment so that's something that i've because there's not a lot of meat to these episodes um that's something that i've i've spent a lot of time thinking on and and find tremendously intriguing (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. It, it, it 
struck that Final Fantasy VII vibe for me with Genova kind of pop bursting out and Sephiroth ripping her out of the uh, containment. But yeah. I'm going to bet nobody out there has played that game either. Okay, cool. So I'll be your resident old guy for this episode. Awesome. That sounds great. <laughs> How is that different from a other you feel so well? Well, sometimes Mark is on here and he's a bit older than I am, so... <laughs> I mean, it's not even here to defend not in spirit. It's not in spirit. Holy cow. He saw the original series like in the theaters. You know, it's you can't fake that. That's fair. Yeah. So let's let's sell. Let's let's cool our our jets a little bit there. I'm the only the only person I'm ever going to attack on the show is Brandon. That is it. And only to his face. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the brand at this point. I mean, it's because we're we have fun. We do. <laughs> we enjoy Wait. it. Yeah. Well, one of us does. I, maybe I need to check and make sure the other one enjoys it as much. I don't want to be that guy who just presumes we're friends and he's like, <laughs> I hate him yeah. so much. Yeah. So maybe the- I'm gonna have to sign sign off, guys. Just, <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm gonna be fine. It's just allergies, you know. It's just out. Uh, well, these days it's probably not just allergies. Yeah. These days it's definitely not. So. Hey-o. All right, so Top. let's uh, let's pull a little thing from Don't Burn the Sacred Text and uh, give this a one through five rating. And since we're talking clones in particular, we will say one through five clone helmets. How many clone helmets do you give it, Lindsay? Um, man, I really want to give it a full three. Uh, I'll round up. I'll give it. No, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna give it two. <laughs> I, I will go with a three route then. I think these yeah, are. You're a good man. <laughs> they're they're good. There's there's nothing objectively wrong with them. Um, they're good. They'll be fine. I don't know that I'll ever have a need to watch them again. Yeah, watch them one more time back to back. All right, I, I'll do that. Just I'll go back and watch. And maybe that. Yeah, I think you you might be onto something with that. I'll go back and give that a shot, and then report back and see if there's any kind of change in in how it looks. Yeah, because that's one thing I kind of thought they should have done with this. And I guess because you only have three arcs, you don't want to just do three releases. It's not as exciting. But I I wish they had done it in mm-hmm. arcs uh, because boy, I, that would be great if yeah. we had done that. Just because I think yeah. we're so used to watching Clone Wars in that fashion now that it's been. You know, at our fingertips for what almost six years uh, on Netflix, to where we can just like pick and choose our arcs, and we're not used to stopping after just one episode. Um, overall, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you guys. It's it's solid. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not necessarily uh, top of my list. And I I'll be honest, it kind of hurt my excitement about Clone Wars in a slight way, just because. I was very excited about Clone Wars coming back because of Ahsoka, obviously. And it's been like a month that it's back and there's still no Ahsoka yet. So I'm really excited for Friday when we finally get some uh, more Ahsoka content. But we will be back after, uh, well, we'll be back before then. But after each arc, we're going to do an episode like this where we dig into uh, the Clone Wars and kind of just go through this journey of Season 7. We also have our... Uh, diversity series that is continuing mark just dropped an episode of forever star wars last week so nice yeah so we got a lot of good stuff uh coming down the pipeline um i'm sure we're we've already been talking about other episodes that we want to do while we all have this uh free time and and there's articles on clashing so there's plenty of 
stuff to keep your mind off of uh, what's going on in our world right now and, and hopefully to entertain you while um, you're, you're seeping yourself in the Star Wars to, to kind of honestly stay sane. Um, I have to say, for me, that's what it does. So if you want to connect with us, you can always do that on Twitter at Clashing Sabers. You can uh, come join our Facebook group, Clashing Sabers Community, on Facebook and subscribe to the episodes, leave us ratings and reviews, all of that stuff. Um, we'll have more information on Patreon coming soon. Uh, I was going to drop that this week, but it just seemed uh, ill-timed. So once everything settles down a little bit more, we will have uh, more information uh, for that. Idea. So, Drew, tell them what you got going on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Drew Brett. Um, I have one or two things in the pipe to hopefully nailed down over the next couple weeks um no more word games planned at the moment but man if you like charts and rating things against other things then stay tuned because i think you'll enjoy what uh what we're working on it's gonna be a lot of fun intriguing all right Lindsay, tell them what you got going on while you're stuck at home for the next six years um well I am extremely stuck at home. So if anyone wants to find me and amuse me on Twitter, you can get me at the Lady of Lore. Um, I can also DM you my address if you want to send me any kind of solid food or okay. water. Let's be since careful that's about also being rationed. Let, let's yeah. not give out our address to people on the internet. It's a little scary. I said DM. I said DM. I mean, um, okay, but sure. yeah, things are You're things obviously are bleak, so please please argue with me on Twitter about something. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, the key is you have to send it to your neighbor's door. Ah, there just... actually, we also haven't gotten mail in quite some time because so many of the postal workers oh here gosh. have it. Yeah. Is it Mad Max out there where you are now? Good it grief. Feels like it. <laughs> oh, no. Close, man. We are I'm... close. <laughs> <laughs> She's losing it, man. I just yeah. If I just keep laughing, maybe I'll wake up soon. <laughs> Should have gotten out while you had the chance. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, yeah. Find me on Twitter at the Lady of Lore or on our Facebook group. All right. And until next time, when we're talking about whatever it is we're talking about, Bad Batch Eight. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> right. Clever. I'm witty. Clever. You're I, so smart. I know. That's a play on words. Like, well, your father and I are very proud of you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. <laughs> the podcast you just listened to and all other Clashing Sabers productions are the intellectual property of ClashingSabers.net. All sounds and materials used from other creators is their stuff, and we just use information on educational purposes. Bottom line, we made it. It's ours. They made it. It's theirs. Seems simple, but if you're still confused, feel free to email us at ClashingSabersNetwork at gmail.com. We have no association with Lucasfilm, Disney, or any of the other fine companies that make all this stuff we talk about. But, Kathleen Kennedy, if you need anything, let me know. I work for cheap. Now let's blow this thing and get out of here.